Hello, what have we here? Welcome to another episode of Mandalorian Mondays on Lando's Lounge. Today we're going to be talking about Chapter 15, uh, The Believer. This is the to last. penultimate episode. No. Don't say that. <laughs> it's not over. It's not over yet. It's not over yet, but almost. Um, season 2 is coming to a close. And this is kind of a follow-up to um, last week's episode, which was which pretty makes good. sense. Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> it was um, continuing kind of the last scene of the previous episode, where he asks Mando, that is, asks Cara Dune to find Mayfeld so that they can track down Gideon's ship. Um. This episode was not, I think, what anyone expected. I thought, mm-hmm. every, I think everyone expected kind of this would be them going after Gideon, and it would be kind of like a two-parter. And it was kind of like, not, it was it was similar to how the rest of the season has gone, where they just kind of have these side journeys, even though they're connected to the overly, overlying story, but it's like not... It's not as mm-hmm. kind of pushing forward as people thought it would. It was still very good and actually kind of maybe the deepest episode in terms of like philosophy and character uh, mm, yes, study yes. that we've gotten <laughs> um, in in uh, probably the entire show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I certainly expected this to be like Maybe, like, the first part of the episode is, like, a mini thing about them, like, getting Mayfeld, and then I could see it going either two ways, where they just go with who they have now to go get Gideon, or, like, a bit of a, a more montage bit of them, like, gathering up the squad, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But, um, that didn't happen, which I'm not upset about, yeah. but didn't, well, that's it, not it, how it played out. And I like this episode yeah. how it is. So. It seems like the squad they have is the squad that's the squad. Although, I still think Bo-Katan could make an appearance. She could. She's, I, I, I mean, feel she, like maybe next season she will. I mean, she's very capable of uh, finding, finding Gideon, Gideon on her own. And yeah. that's, I mean, she's kind of hell-bent on it. Mm-hmm. I could actually see her in the next episode, like, appearing, she, appearing and, like, Causing a bit of a problem for Mando and his gang. Like, maybe she's so set on her own thing that, like... Can you imagine having Din Djarin, Boba Fett, and Bo-Katan Kryze mm-hmm. on screen at the same time? And, like, none of the three understand the significance of the other two. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. oh man, that'd be pretty... Um, But yeah, so, you know how these episodes work by now. We kind of break down the beats of the episode, each kind of major event throughout the episode discuss a little bit of it and then at the end kind of uh give a little bit of speculation and reaction to the episode so without further ado we're gonna get into chapter 15 the believer um so i think i said this last week like i did not expect bill burr to come back Mm -hmm. for season two i desperately wanted him back but had no idea that he would and I'm just gonna say, like he was, like he was this episode. Like yeah. he was everything. Like he was basically the main character of this episode. Um, 
And it starts with him in prison for, like, 50 years or whatever. Yeah, he's, like, in a scrapyard, and there are, like, a bunch of, like, destroyed TIE fighters and stuff that they're kind of disassembling Mm -hmm. for scrap metal. And this droid, one of the New Republic droids that was in that prison that we saw in Season 1 is, like, prisoner 32556 or whatever his number is. And uh, they're, like, Marshal Dune is here, and she basically tells him, that he needs to be let out or whatever. And there's the really funny <laughs> scene. They walk up to the Slave One. And uh, Boba Fett comes out. Which, by the way, new paint job. Looking yeah, crisp. He's looking, everything's on point except for a little dent in the yeah. <laughs> in his forehead yeah. area. But. Um, you'd think he could just kind of magnetically mm-hmm. buff it out or something. But uh anyways he mayfeld kind of takes a step back he's like oh i thought you were someone else and then yeah he didn't walk out after him and it was like yeah the was, humor in this episode yeah was like, there. It like was, he flinches great. when he sees both and then he like kind of laughs it off and then the minute he sees me he, he like <laughs> like the smiles wiped off his face he's like oh no oh no yeah. <laughs> like uh last time i saw this guy i tried to kill him yeah <laughs> and it didn't work out for him but so they basically bring him along with them because they need to find uh, an Imperial base. At one point, they're like, you're ex-Imperial. And he's like, yeah, but I'm not anymore. And yeah, then he's like, like yeah, no, 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 look, but... that was a long time ago, okay? And they're like, like, yeah, but you you know the codes and stuff. He's like, oh, so they want to use me, not just kill me. Yeah. All right. Um, what was really cool is that they bring him onto the Slave 1, and we see how the Slave 1 works, kind mm-hmm. of. Because it's so weird, because it lands, like, on the flat portion of the back, and then when it flies, it, like, lifts up. So we're always like, how do the seats work? And it's like a gyroscope inside, so that... Yeah, exactly. Um, now, I don't know if this is true or not, but I swear I remember an Attack of the Clones when they're on Kamino, like, when young Boba Fett gets in there, like, Mm -hmm. when it starts off, like, the seat is horizontal so he's like lying on his back and then it pulls up but i don't know if i'm rem- just remembering that correctly or maybe that's how it is and then like he upgraded it or something i re- I, I swear remember. i remember seeing that so, so like i always thought it was weird how like how would g- you get out of it <laughs> yeah like when you land you like have to like almost do like a push up like push up off of it but then like so when you but also then when you board I don't know. I don't like thinking about how it works, I guess. But I, I think the whole gyroscopic bit is, I mean, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, that makes fair perfect enough. sense. But <laughs> I, I just swear I remembered seeing it the other way. But I could just I don't, be I terribly, don't remember that. But it, I could, it be, could terribly be terribly wrong. So. Um, so after this, they go to Morak. And uh, it's a, it's really cool because it's like a jungly planet, and mm-hmm. we haven't really seen jungly planets outside of maybe the Clone Wars. Like, there's obviously Kashyyyk yeah, like, and Endor, but they're more like deciduous forests. I mean, Teth is kind of jungly, but it's literally only in the Clone Wars movie for like twenty minutes yeah. or so. And um, what else? Uh, I swear there was. Yavin Four is kind of that movie yeah. is kind of jungly, but we're not. We really don't really like see much of it that though. much. Yeah, well, it's we're just they filmed in, like, it in Mexico, so it was yeah, a jungle. Yeah, we're just in the temple-y bit. I like think the it was Mexico. rebellion base bit. We're not in the wilderness yeah. out there. So, um, there might be other jungle planets, but um, this one was very like 
it seemed very kind of, um, like when you think of, um, like the cutting down the rainforests, like it gave off that vibe, having like the big Imperials in the middle of this jungle. And then you see kind of like the village people, um, in the one scene, it, it just gave off kind of a different vibe than any other jungle planet we've seen. Um, but they need to break into an Imperial base because they need to get into an Imperial data console. Um, so they kind of have this plan. They're going to rob these transport trucks that are carrying explosive Rhydonium, which I don't remember if it's been mentioned anywhere else. It reminded me of, um, Solo. What, what was the, um, the... Um. Uh, the coaxium. Coaxium, yeah. yeah. It was like, if it gets too unstable, it just blows up. Mm -hmm. Which, the whole thing, again, like, the whole kind of train robbery, like, how they drop onto the top of it. Obviously, it mm -hmm. was kind of done in Solo, but it totally makes sense for it to be kind of rehashed here, because it's yeah. such a Western thing, and mm -hmm. that's, I mean, obviously, that's what the Mandalorian is, so... Yeah. Um, it, you know what else it kind of reminded me of? It reminded me of, like, Speed, <laughs> that one movie with the Keanu. The bus one? Yeah. I've never seen it. It's, well, it's, like, the whole premise is, like, the they bus. They have to keep going. The bus is rigged speed. to explode, and if it drops under 50 miles per hour, like, it will explode. So, like, they just have to keep going. And so, obviously, um, um, so their plan is they're gonna, like, kind of hijack this vessel to mm -hmm. get them into the facility, um, but <laughs> everyone has an excuse why they can't do it. Yeah. So basically like it will require a facial scan. So, um, Mayfeld's like, look, I'm the only Imperial one here. So I'm going alone. They're like, no, you're definitely not going alone. Cause you could just like say, leave. Hey, well he could leave or he, he could like alert the Imperials. Like mm -hmm. they don't fully trust him. They're like, he could alert the Imperials that we're here and then just totally have us attacked. And like, so Cara Dune's like, I'm gonna go, and he's like, no, like, it uses ISB, ISB, which is from Rebels. Yeah, which, so, basically, like, it'll it's scan... Like the, it's basically, like, Imperial intelligence. Yeah, they're like, since you're New Republic, like, it'll, like, it'll know you're New Republic, mm -hmm. and then they're like, okay, Fennec will go, and she's like, um, I'm wanted by the ISB, that's <laughs> not gonna work. And then he's like, okay, Fett, and then he's like, let's just say they might recognize my face, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. which, they're... They probably... Here's the thing. Like, we get that, because obviously he's, like, a clone. Mm -hmm. So, like, it definitely would ping something in the Imperial database with, mm -hmm. like, older public stuff. But at the same time, they don't know that. So they're like, okay. Like, he is a pretty infamous mm -hmm. bounty hunter, I suppose. But, like, they have no idea that he is, like, the clone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Which is yeah. kind of funny. Well, Boba Fett is really... This makes his character really interesting. Because, like, everyone knows the armor... But, like, the person underneath it also has, like, struggle because of who he is. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, the clones are no longer needed by the Empire. Maybe, like, there was some kind of, like, I want to say, like, a harshness to how the clones were dealt with after the Empire. Which mm -hmm. maybe we'll see in the Bad Batch. Like, they, like, cast them all out or whatever. Um... But, like, just the fact that he is a clone of somebody and he's not, like, a unique person, really, in that regard. Like, it just, it raises all of the same questions of, like, mm -hmm. 
the Clone Wars, where they were like, all the clones are individual people, despite not being... Yeah, I feel like it's a little different for him, though, because, like, he is, like, unaltered, like, his Mm -hmm. growth cycle, so he's less of a clone and more, like, a carbon copy of his dad. Mm -hmm. So, like, I feel like that's what he's trying to do. Like, he's just trying to completely identify with Django, kind of, Mm -hmm. because that's literally who he is. He's the exact same person as Django mm-hmm. Fett, so, like, um, living up to his father's legacy, which, you know, in my opinion, he's totally surpassed mm-hmm. based on what we've seen from the two of them. But, I don't know, it's certainly, I'd certainly love for Boba to stick around and delve into that. And if Boba so. became a series regular starting, like, mm-hmm. now and carrying into season three, I would totally be down for that. Because, like... They have to use his ship. They got him his armor, and he, like, repainted it. And, like, they've spent all this time, like, characterizing him as, like, a man with honor. It just, like, if it was just, like, a three-episode little arc, that'd be fine. But, like, it feels like they they might be setting him up to, like, keep coming back. I don't know. It, just, it seems just really cool how much they're doing for that character. Yeah, and also with um the appearance of fennec shand in the bad batch trailer makes me think like okay maybe she like has a small appearance in the mandalorian just to kind of and then she's going to be like a regular character in the bad batch or both like maybe she's like a regular character in mandalorian with a small appearance in bad batch or like maybe she's a regular in both shows but like it seems like maybe they're gonna do something more with her which I imagine if she's in The Mandalorian, Boba Fett will also be. So, mm-hmm. you know, I hope that's the case. Because I like both of them. <laughs> I think the opposite. I think really? she's going to die in Mandalorian. How dare you? Because <laughs> I, think, I think someone has to die. And if they're bringing Fennec Shand into the Bad Batch, they must like the character. They must like working with Ming-Na Wen. And they're like, we want to continue this character, but we also need her to die. I've not considered that anyone <laughs> Maybe. may die. Because I, I don't want to. I don't know. Um, anyways, Mando decides he's gonna go, and then Mayfeld's like, yeah, right, like, you're gonna walk it, he's like, I could explain a lot, but I can't explain someone in Mandalorian armor mm-hmm. waltzing into the Imperial transport. So to get around that, they rob one of the, or they hijack one of the trucks, and, uh, he wears the, the trooper armor <laughs> of the troopers that drive it. I don't remember what kind of trooper armor it is, I think it's... Similar to the ones in Rogue One that are, like, the tank operators. Yeah. I don't think it's the exact kind, but it's very reminiscent of it with kind of the back flap, Vader-ish flap on the back. Um, And then as they drive it, they kind of have this conversation where Mayfeld is, like, talking about their beliefs, which is why this episode is called The Believer, because it deals with Mm -hmm. Imperial beliefs, Mayfeld's beliefs, Mandalorian beliefs. Um, And he's like... Mayfeld's basically doing all the talking this episode, because that's just who he is. He's not wearing a helmet because it's Bill Burr, and he wasn't going to get paid to wear a helmet the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's talking to Mando. He's like, look, everyone has, like, a point where they, like, cross their, like, they cross the line of their beliefs. Like, you're not allowed to show your face, but here you are wearing, like, you took off your Mandalorian helmet. Like, what? what's the rule? Yeah. Is it you have to wear your Mandalorian helmet all the time? Or is it that you can't show your face ever? Because there's a difference. Yeah. And it's really interesting, because, like, at first, 
I was like, is this episode just telling you to, like, disregard your beliefs? Because, like, I I feel like that's a little weird. It's, it's I, I think it's an odd message to put out there. Yeah. But then he's like, he's like, look, if you're born on Mandalore, like, you believe one thing. And if you're born on Alderaan, you believe another. But the thing is, they're both gone. So I think more what this episode is... Let's all... not skirt over that line yeah. for a second. So I I feel <laughs> like more what this episode is about, it's like... um, It's like you have to choose your beliefs. Like, like you know, like it's like you're born like... on Mandalore, so you're a Mandalorian, so you hold these beliefs. But you don't really like have control over that. But like you can control to like believe in something you choose you know what i mean so yeah it's like it's basically questioning blind like faith i think it's like you have to have a reason you believe something otherwise Mm -hmm. do you really believe it or are you just told this is something you should believe it's like you have to have like personal conviction to believe it which and that's i think what din is learning is like he doesn't really have yeah, I feel personal like personal reason to believe. I feel like that's kind things. of what was set up with um in that chapter eleven <laughs> with Bo-Katan when she's like, look, she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm an eleven, like I'm Mandalorian, and I hold these different beliefs from you, like, mm-hmm. and same thing with like Cobb Vanth even where he's like, you don't deserve that armor, and then he questioned whether Boba Fett deserves the armor, and like, bro, like chill, you know what I mean, yeah. like, yeah, um. Not everyone has the same beliefs as you, even within this Mandalorian sect. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of, I suppose, with that and, like, the whole fatherhood thing happening with Grogu, like, I feel like that is probably Din's main arc throughout mm-hmm. this season is, like, um, what he believes in. So, yeah. Which is pretty and pretty deep. Yeah, let's not skirt over the fact that Mandalore is gone in the same way that Alderaan is mm-hmm. gone. Like, we've known the the Mandalorian Purge is something, and Mayfeld just told us the planet is gone. Yeah. Like, that, I feel like I've seen no one talking about this, but he literally said Mandalore was gone, mm-hmm. and we know Alderaan was blown up by a Death Star, so, like... And it's quite literally the, geographically gone. It doesn't yes, exist on Was the, the planet Mandalore destroyed? Because that's what it sounds like. And that would explain a lot about why there's all these different coverts of mandalorians all over the place and not like on mandalore is because it sounds like the planet was destroyed and you know mandalore was like environmentally destroyed in the old wars they talk about in the clone wars they have to live in these bubbles because the entire planet is basically like barren and they have to live in these bubbles because that's the only place where they can have like life yeah so it sounds more than that like it sounds like everything is destroyed yeah, so I don't think it's, like, like completely destroyed. Like, the planet's still there. But, like you said, since there's only... Mandalore is, like, really just, like, bubbles of society. Like, I think it's that's just a crater in the ground now. Mm. Like, those bubbles, like, I think it's quite literally uninhabitable now. Mm. Not, like, like, absolute rubble. Like, it's not gone as a planet in mm. the same way Alderaan is, but, like... Basically, like mm-hmm. might as well be. It's like uninhabitable. No one's there. Like their entire culture and society is wiped out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, there's definitely something major that happened to the planet, and it's not something I'd considered. I mean, I guess they've kind of 
hinted at it just by having Mandalorian characters all over the planet and not on Mandalore, but, like, it's in words now that the planet, like, mm-hmm. Mandalore doesn't exist. Um, shortly after this conversation, they get attacked by pirates, and... It's funny because, like, they're driving this unstable material and then they hear over the radio, like, or they hear, like, oh my gosh, blah, 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 like radio chatter of screaming mm-hmm. and then a massive explosion ahead of them and then another one and they drive past yeah, like, the wreckage. And then, like, the person, like, on the other side is like, okay, proceed with caution. He's like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Proceed with caution. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. What are we doing? And then these speeders zoom up and, uh, it's these pirates, like, and they have, like, spears and um, yeah, very, grenades. Very reminiscent of, like, Return of the Jedi, like, the skiffs, kind of, with... Mm-hmm. But instead of, like, weak way, kind of, it's these other species. Which, I don't think we've ever met them before. I think yeah. they're new. They look very much, like... They look similar to other species. Like, they have characteristics of them, mm-hmm. but I think... I don't think we've seen them before, unless they were in the background. Like, there's been no major characters of them or anything. But, um... Mando, there's a whole sequence where Mando kind of climbs up on top and fights them off uh, one by one. And every time he thinks he's destroyed or defeated all of them, like, two more speeders show up. Yeah. And then eventually they get going, and Mayfeld's like, I have to slow down. We can't cross this bridge at this speed. And they slow down, and there's just all these speeders, like, closing in on Mando after he's defeated, like, so many of them. Mm -hmm. And they just keep coming. Yeah, and I love this fight scene because, like we see him fighting without any of his armor. So, like, literally, like, bits of the armor, like, shatters off, kind of, and, like, mm-hmm. it... And he doesn't have, like... Beskar. Like, he doesn't have Beskar. He doesn't have, like, the whistling birds or anything. Mm-hmm. He just really has a blaster in his fist, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty funny to see because, like, he's literally just standing on top of this thing's, like, throwing hands. Yeah. Like, we've never really seen a stormtrooper, like, hand-to-hand combat. Mm-hmm. But they're probably... These pirates are like, who the heck is this guy? Like, he's yeah. he's absolutely throwing down with yeah. us right now. And, um, you know, and that just proves that, like, the Mandalorians aren't, like, these legendary warriors just because they have OP armor or anything. Mm-hmm. Like... They, they are, know they are just fight. deadly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even to a point, like, there's just so many. Like, he's just kind of laying on the ground. He's like, I'll, like, I'll keep fighting, but I don't know how much use it'll be anymore. Yeah. Like, there's just too many. But but they're saved by TIE fighters that mm-hmm. come out of nowhere, blow them up. And then as they cross the bridge, kind of um, a bunch of stormtroopers leave the base, but there's also shore troopers from Rogue One, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. It seems like those guys are kind of jungle-y rather than just, like, beach-y. Yeah. They're called shore troopers, but, like, I guess that fits this planet as well, um, to have those guys there. Mm-hmm. Um, that armor looks really cool. Um, it's pretty It's, drippy. like, tan, has, like, a few color accents here and there, but... Uh, it just looks really cool, and it was nice to see them here. Like, they brought in Death Troopers last mm-hmm. season from Rogue One, and we were like, oh, dude, Death Troopers! And now it's the Shore Troopers. Um, I know both of those are kind of fan favorites uh, after Rogue One. But 
it was really cool seeing like the stormtroopers cheering them on mm -hmm. as they came in. I was like, this is a side of the em like we're seeing sides of the empire in this episode that we didn't see before. Like, yeah, you kind of see it in some books and things like um, Lost Stars, especially is about two um, like young Imperials. They go through the Imperial Academy and they become Imperials. Um, one of them leaves. That's why it's called Lost Stars is because they're kind of star-crossed lovers and they one of them ends up with a rebellion oh. and one of them stays with the Empire. It's, I think most people consider it like the the best canon book to read first um, because it, just the way it's written and what it's about um, is really easy to get into. Um, but yeah, you see the Imperials like, yeah, these guys are heroes. They brought us this Rhydonium that we need and cheering them on. And that was really interesting. Um, and from there... Which I love that the implication is like, look, these little Rhydonium runs have a very low success rate. Yeah. Like, they're like, bro, no one's ever made it this far. And they're like, okay. Like, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Um, it's pretty dangerous. So they get, they get to um, inside and the, the, I forget what it's called, but it's like a, a data console. I, I don't remember. Like a like, terminal or something. Yeah, I don't remember if it's like a commander specific or if it's just for like Imperials, any Imperial to use. But um, Mayfeld walks into the mess and turns around because if you remember from the last episode, he was kind of a, uh, a sniper basically for the Imperials. Um, and his old kind of commander is in the mess hall, a guy named Valen Hess. Um, so he's like, I can't go in there. What if he recognizes me? And, like, our whole operation is blown because he, he must know, like, I left or whatever. Um, he's like, I can't just go in there or whatever. So Mando walks in, and he's like, you know it's going to require a face scan, right? Mm -hmm. And so Mando goes in, and he tries to do it with the helmet on, and it won't work. And then, yeah. maybe the biggest part of this episode is that Mando takes his helmet off. Mm -hmm. And it's just showing, like, over the course of this season, the helmet thing has been kind of the symbol of his beliefs. Um, like, I'm sure he has other beliefs, but, like, the helmet one is the one that's, like, the the belief that's representing just basically his beliefs yeah, in and general. Yeah, it's, like, it's mentioned a lot, but even when it's not mentioned, it's just, like, omnipresent because mm -hmm. he always has it on, so, yeah. like, it's And, like, they subtly, like, hint about it, like, when he lifts it up to drink soup in that one episode, mm -hmm. and it's, like, see, like, they're always bringing up the helmet, even if they're not bringing up in words. Mm -hmm. um, but he takes it off. And it's like, dang, like he's, he really, he's questioning and he's also like, Grogu might be more important than mm -hmm. what I believe in. Yeah, which is beautiful. And it's so nice to see him not on death's door step, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Cause look, yeah, like he like, took it off once. Like we've season. seen it before, but like it didn't really hold as much story significance i feel like because like the reasoning was pretty solid he's like i can't take it off in front of other people he's like well i'm just a droid like mm -hmm. like and i always did think about that like what happens if they do get injured 
in this sect. They're like, okay, mm-hmm. like, guess you die? Or, like, do they have medical droids to take care of that? Or I don't really know how that works, yeah. but... So, like, it's more for, like, the viewer to kind of, like, get... I feel like in that episode is more for the viewer to see Mando, like, uncomposed, I mm-hmm. think was the big... He's definitely out of his comfort zone. Yeah. So, like, he he projects this certain, like, confidence and, like, um, kind of, like, badness. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, in this episode, he's very much, like, awkward and, like, out he's of definitely, place. He definitely uses the armor to, like, shield himself. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like, he had a traumatic childhood. He was super, like, untrusting and possibly like fearful of droids because of that so it seems like his armor was kind of a shield to kind of not only literally protect him but to like hide Mm -hmm. his emotion and vulnerability that he's aware that he has Um, yeah and now seeing him take it out is like very important like it's very important for the character because you're aware like Without his armor, he's just afraid as anyone else. Like, mm-hmm. he's not actually under there, like, super bad and, like, tough and all this. Yeah. Like, he's just a scared little kid underneath the armor because that's that's the last, probably, thing he was before he had this mm-hmm. armor. So, I'm really curious to see if, like, eventually the show gets to a point where, like, it's he takes it off, like, a lot and, like, far more casually. I wonder Mm -hmm. if it'll ever get there, like, to where, like, just, you know, if it's him and Grogu just kind of chilling in whatever ship he... Mm -hmm. Rip the Razor Crest. Whatever (laughs) ship he kind of uses later on in the show, Mm -hmm. if he just, like, has it off. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, um, and this is the most frustrating thing so he has his helmet off for like a good bit of this episode and like we said um he doesn't really say much and he's like kind of is uncomfortable and awkward and people kind of read this as pedro pascal being a bad actor they're like look he looks so like awkward and i'm like that's the point of the scene. <laughs> like that the whole scene god. is that this is the most uncomfortable he's ever been in his life. Yeah, like, oh my gosh. Uh, I did see a funny thing that people were like, why does he have a mustache? Like, if he wears a helmet all the time, why bother shaving a mustache? Like, yeah, why bother I mean, maintaining a mustache? I think it's just pa- it's just Pedro Pascal's look. Maybe that's the only place he can grow facial hair, you know? Mm. Who knows? But, um, yeah, so... It's just nice. It's not a legit problem. (laughs) It's nice to see him not looking bloodied and, like, Mm -hmm. with matted hair and, like, about to die. (laughs) Um, He kind of looks like a real person, I guess, Mm -hmm. now, which is, like I said, I hope we get to see more of that. Mm -hmm. But, um, so, yeah, the big thing is that he kind of takes his helmet off for the greater good of getting Grogu back. And mm-hmm. sure enough, it does work. He does um, get the coordinates to Gideon's light cruiser. Yes, but Valen Hess walks up to him at the console, and he starts talking to him. He's like, what's your TK number? Which is like their identification. And he's like, oh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> and then Mayfeld kind of also steps out of his comfort zone in this moment. And he's like... 
Oh, hey, uh, he's our, he's my commanding officer. His TK number's this, mine is this. He's like, we were, uh, he was kind of injured, like maybe his ears were damaged because his, yeah. his vehicle lost pressure at such and such planet or whatever. He's like, you might have to speak up, like implying that he's like hard of hearing or something mm-hmm. now. And so he kind of like looks at him suspiciously a bit and then he goes, What's your name? He's like, what? He like shouts it. He's like, what's your name? And then he goes, and then he's like, we just call him brown eyes, right? Brown eyes. And he's like, yeah, (laughs) like he's very much at a loss for words. He's uncomfortable. Yeah. But, uh, good thing thing Mayfeld has a big enough mouth for the both of them. (laughs) He's got that Boston, Boston Mm -hmm. energy. Um, so Valen Hess invites him to a drink and... Mayfeld uh, and Brown Eyes <laughs> mm-hmm. take uh, take up the offer, probably more to um, kind of be less suspicious than to like because they want to have a drink or whatever. Well, who knows? Mayfeld might want a drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Mayfeld and Valen Hess, who do know each other, have this conversation and. They talk about Operation Cinder, and we get a little bit of Mayfeld's history and, like, his feelings towards the Empire, why he left. Because Valen Hess was his old operator, but he does not recognize Mayfeld, or not his operator, his uh, commander. commander. I was reading the word operation. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't recognize him at all. And he's like, yeah, I was at... Um, Oh, what was the planet called? Burning Khan. Burning Khan. Which I don't know if that's the planet name. It sounds more like a nickname. Like Khan is maybe the planet name, and, and like Burning Khan because what we learn is uh, that it was a could be. It was I don't. A mess. I, did, I didn't read it like that. And he's like, oh man, that was bad. He's like, it's, yeah, an entire city destroyed in like moments. Like it's kind of like I read it more as like two like Vietnam vets talking about mm-hmm. like burning Saigon you know <laughs> like it was a, like because it was like a disaster That's or true. something I never so. considered that um but they talk about like 10,000 people died at this operation and Mayfeld managed to survive Operation Cinder is from the Battlefront 2 campaign and basically it was a contingency where if the emperor were to die this plan would go into operation. And he had these, like, pre-recorded messages in these droids that would, like, speak to the high-up Imperial uh, leadership that they could start this operation. Basically, the idea was, if the Emperor's dead, nothing else deserves to be alive. Mm -hmm. So, like, the Emperor... Or the Empire was supposed to, uh, like, activate these kind of giant satellites over these uh, certain planets. And they would... They were basically, like, weather control devices that would, like, create these massive, like, devastating storms that would, like, ravage the planet. Mm-hmm. And one of the planets was Burning Khan. One of them was Naboo. There was a few others throughout the game. I didn't play the campaign, but I looked it up. I had heard of it from the game, but I hadn't, like... I didn't know exactly what I, it is, I have so a Wikipedia... Pl- I have a plug with who has Battlefront 2. I'll ask him about it. Jonathan. <laughs> um, yeah. But... That's basically um, what Operation Cinder was, so it's an Easter egg for the game. And uh, Mayfeld's like, yeah, we lost a lot of guys that day. And Valen Hess is like, yeah, all of them, heroes to the Empire. And you can just see throughout this conversation, like, you know that Mayfeld is going to, like, pull something here. And Mando knows it because he's like, 
just terrified, wide-eyed yeah, like, the entire time. It's like a tennis match with his eyes. He's, like, looking back between the two of them. He's like, oh, this is yeah. going downhill. But, uh, but Valen Hess has no idea. And that's kind of what it's commenting on. It's like, the Empire is, like, it's like not so bureaucratic. Yeah. They're so wrapped up in themselves and, like, moving up that, like, no one really has a face in the Empire. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they don't really care. Literally in Rebels, none of them have a face. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's pretty funny, but... Um, but, uh... It's very... It was very cool to see Mayfeld, who we've seen as, like, this fast-talking, like, joke-cracker, as this guy who... A, a guy who cracks jokes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as this guy who actually has kind of a tragic backstory and maybe has a little bit of su- survivor's guilt. Mm-hmm. Like, all, like, thousands of people that he worked with died and he survived. Yeah, and also... Probably because he was a sniper and wasn't right there in the middle of everything. Yeah, and a lot of... He was... Basically, he was like, do you think those guys who died, like, are proud? Do you think they feel honored? He was like, what about the civilians, the poor people just trying to defend their homes? Um like, trying to fight for freedom. Mm-hmm. And then Valen Hess is like, the thing is, we've outlasted them. Like, mm-hmm. see, everyone thinks they want freedom, but what they really want is order. Mm-hmm. Which I think is, like, the main thing that um, kind of the Empire, like, lied to itself about to, like, kind of justify. Mm-hmm. Like, they think they're like, look, these people, they don't know what they want. Like, mm-hmm. we're trying to protect them, which is kind of, like, the justification. Yeah. Which there has to be, like, something, like... Um, for people, like, for the everyday, like, kind of soldiers fighting for these, like, horrible regimes, like, they need something to convince themselves of, and, like, throughout, like, real world history, it's been, like, we're just following orders, like, Mm -hmm. someone up higher in the chain knows better than we do, so we just follow orders, Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of what we're seeing here, which, again, just very heavy, like, very heavy. (laughs) It's like, when you look at history, you always identify with, like, the side who's on the right side of history. Like, if if I was in Nazi Germany, I would have I would have left the country. I wouldn't have followed yeah. them. And it's like, all right, well, it's just impossible. The entire like, most of the country did. Yeah, like the like most the wall was did. over their eyes. Fully, yeah. So like like there's that whole there's that really famous picture that I saw going around recently where. It's, like, an entire crowd of people saluting Hitler, except, like, one guy you can see that doesn't have his hand up. And it's, like, most people would have Mm. been a Nazi if they lived in, like, Nazi Germany. Like, Mm. maybe they wouldn't have liked it, but they would have been, like, maybe we don't agree with everything, but, like, that's who's in charge, and it's our duty to, like, obey the country, like, the leaders and stuff. That's the same case with the Empire, It's like... You see this in Lost Stars, too. It's, like, the Empire is the governing body, and, like, they ended the threat of the Jedi, and they ended the the Clone Wars, so we, we need to follow them because they've brought peace to the galaxy, blah, 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 blah. It's, like, there's only a handful of people in the Rebellion that, like, are the Rebellion. Like, most yeah. of the galaxy is either apathetic, like, they don't have, they don't choose a side, or they work with the Empire. Or they, like, don't like the Empire, but they're like, it's mm-hmm. hopeless. It's the Empire, yeah. you know? like. And there just... was a there was a really interesting line Mayfeld says earlier. He's like, when they drive through the town, um, and there's all the villagers on the side, he's like, the New Republic, the Empire, it's all the same. We're all just invaders on their home, or in their home, or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, it's it's just showing more of kind of the New Republic isn't, I mean, it's better because, like, they have better morals. Like, they're not led by a Sith Lord. <laughs> but at the same time, like, they're just, like, any government is going to have the same downfalls just by nature of them being a mm. government. Like, they're going to tell people to do things that people might not necessarily want to do. Yeah. Etc. And it also reminds me of what we see in Solo as Han's brief stint as a stormtrooper. Um, when he's like, we'll engage, like, one of the officers is like, we'll engage the hostiles here. And he's like, it's their planet, we're the hostiles. And mm. then everyone's like, what'd you just say? He's <laughs> like... I'm I'm just wondering what the point is. <laughs> like, yeah. what are we trying to do here? Mm-hmm. Which I thought was... I thought that whole sequence, like, like early on in the movie, I really liked that. Mm-hmm. Kind of dug it. So it was kind of cool that we get to see a, a similar type of... Yeah. It's a thing here, so... Mm-hmm. Um, so after this conversation, uh, I couldn't tell if this was something Mayfeld had planned or if it was just kind of a heat-of-the-moment, like lash out but he shoots I don't think Hess. it was I don't think it was planned at all I think he just kind of lost his cool which is yeah. I mean kind of uh it tracks with the types of characters that Bill Burr typically plays that he mm-hmm. just kind of like couldn't help himself you know mm-hmm. it was very um yeah it was very Django Unchained yeah with how Christoph yeah, Waltz at the definitely. end like he's always like very measured but like he couldn't put up with this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he had to kill him. <laughs> yeah. So... Even though, in that case, he's like, yeah, I know I'm gonna die right now, but this guy deserves yeah, death. Yeah, literally... So if it takes my death to kill this guy... I recommend that it. movie. It's a bit harsh. It's definitely not for everyone, but I would recommend Django Unchained. And the character, Christoph Waltz character, his last word is like, he's like, I couldn't resist. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he knows that he's, mm-hmm. he'll die for it. But. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I, the look in his face after he shoots him is just, like, shock. He's like, we're in the middle of an Imperial base, and I just shot this guy. Yeah. And, and so then he very quickly, like, he leans back, shoots another trooper, Yeah, well, like, a shore guy. trooper is, like, holding a little cafeteria train. He, like, walks over, and then he just, like, freezes, and Bill Burr's like... <laughs> like, shoots him, too, turns around, shoots another officer at the table. And then, uh... And, Mando, at this point, stands up, grabs a blaster, and shoots another guy. Yeah, now Mando knows what to do. He's mm-hmm. like, okay, I can handle this. He's like, I know <laughs> how to <laughs> shoot. <laughs> so they get into this little shootout, and uh, they kick out a window, and they're walking along this um, like ledge outside, but there's troopers coming out after them. So I think I uh, there's so many complaints about plot armor, and I'm like, you can't have a story without plot armor. Because, like, like, if a character dies, like, that's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a good story if the like, character just gets shot and injured like, every time. one thing I like to do with groups of people, I tell, like, there's this story, and it's a really long story and really winding and really builds it up. And then, like, the main person in the story crossing the street just gets hit by a truck randomly. Mm-hmm. That is not plot armor. That's what n- not having any plot armor is. Mm-hmm. It's, like, completely unrelated to the story, and the main character just dies. Mm-hmm. No one wants that out of yeah. a story. Like, it's telling a, a... And that's why I tell it, is because mm-hmm. it's so annoying. But, like, it's a bad story. Yeah. Like, like storytellers... Duh! <laughs> I don't you, know how to explain especially this. Especially in Star Wars, where it has been, like, confirmed 
that, like, destiny exists. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, like, the Force wills things to happen and wills people to die and people to not die. Yeah, I think it's just... So, like, you can't complain about plot armor when there's literally a fact of the universe that people don't get hit by blaster bolts because they... They like, look the no further than look no further than Chirrut Imwe. Okay, yeah. He literally like he's literally like look the force will protect me, and then and walks like, out into a hail of blaster uh-huh. fire that magically can't hit him mm-hmm. until and then he, he, he says, fulfills like, like his purpose. And he even says like all is as the force wills it, and it's like yeah. If someone doesn't get hit by a blaster bolt, first of all, it's just how storytelling works. Second of all, they literally explained this with a plot, like mm-hmm. a plot point of the entire universe is like, like predestination pretty much exists. Yeah, and also galaxy. like, like it's a proven. Fact. I see this argument a lot in regards to like the Force Awakens with Rey and Kylo Ren's battle on um, uh, Starkiller Base. Star yeah. Killer. Um, and it's like, how did she defeat Kylo Ren? There are, like, a lot of ways you can explain that. But, like, look, Rey wasn't gonna die at the end of the first movie of a trilogy where, at this point, we were like, okay, she's the main character. Mm -hmm. Like, like, what, and if that did happen, you'd be complaining about how dumb that was. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think it's kind of a bad faith argument where, like, you're just reaching for something because you don't like the movie, and it's okay to not like a movie, but, like... That's a, It's unreasonable to you say. Yeah, it's unreasonable. Complaining about how stories work, and like, like that's just how character. And like, at a certain point, every movie has plot armor because there's no point. If at there a certain plot point, armor. like a character does or doesn't die because that's how the story goes. Like, what mm. else do you want from even something like Game of Thrones, where the big thing is like anyone could die at any moment? It's like really though, like. Because you're not going to kill Daenerys in season two when she's, like, the main character of the show. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's like, like, yeah, okay. Now I'm not watching. Side characters can die whenever. We get that. But, like, you killed Jon Snow and brought him back to life. So tell me how there's not plot armor in Game yeah, of Thrones. Yeah, like, and same thing. I've not watched Game of Thrones, but I have watched The Walking Dead. And that's the thing, like, at any time a side character could get bitten. But, like, that's kind of the theme of the show. It's like... It's chaotic. Like, mm-hmm. anything could happen. But, and like, but like the main character, Rick, he's not just going to die randomly. When he, finger quote, dies in one of the newer seasons, like, it's a big dramatic sacrifice. And even then, you find out that he doesn't really die. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's just. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't yeah. even want to. I don't um, even want to give it the anyways, time Anyways, yeah. Plot armor isn't a thing. They don't <laughs> die because they don't. Yeah. So, I don't know what else to um, say. Anyways. They escape out this window, they're being followed, but fortunately, Fennec and Kara, Cara Dune, I don't know why I said Kara, Cara mm. Dune, are up on a ridge sniping them, and it's really cool, like, mm. watching these two people sniping them, or, like, sniping troopers from a distance, and, like, watching the blasters travel until they hit. It was just really cool visually. Um, and when they get to the top of the roof... Boba flies in with Slave One to pick them up. They jump in, and uh, Mayfeld's like, hand me that cycler rifle. And he hands him kind of the Tusken Raider blaster that Boba Fett was carrying around. And we see his, um, uh, like, sharpshooter 
skills come in and he blows up one of the trucks of Rhydonium yeah. and it just blows up the entire base. Oh, well, well the, the reason he... Well, he doesn't, like, blow up the entire base. The way I see it is, like, in his little terse confrontation with Valen mm-hmm. Hess, he was like, with that Rhydonium you guys delivered, like, we'll be able to unleash havoc that'll make uh, Burning Khan, like, pale in comparison, mm-hmm. is what he says. And then earlier, when they were, like, in the little transport with Mando, he was like, the way I see it, like, if you can go to sleep at night, like, you're doing better than most. So he mm-hmm. blows up this Rhydonium, and then he says to Mando, like, um, he's like, everyone's got to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. So, like, it shows that, like, there's more moral fiber there mm-hmm. than... Bill Burr really acted, like... yeah. He he, his best his best acting I think I've seen today. I haven't seen King of Staten Island, which I know he's in, um, and that was supposed to be I think um, like a comedy. But it, it, from the trailer, it looked like there was going to be a little bit of like dramatism and like sincerity and like humanity mm-hmm. in that movie as well. I haven't seen that, but I'm sure he probably has moments yeah. like that. And like in that movie, this kind of there's like a very interesting trend that this kind of furthers improving that like comedians are some of the best dramatic mm. actors as Dead well poet society like robin, robin williams, williams jim so carrey mm-hmm. like he like obviously he's like a great like zany actor but like mm-hmm. in things where it's like serious like he still Eternal finds ways to be funny but like mind. like it's a good one i don't know and mm-hmm. like i'm sure this is the case for like pete davidson again in king mm-hmm. of staten island like that seems to be like funny but like also more serious mm-hmm. like yeah like something about comedians like they just get it <laughs> like they well and it's also very well it's also it's also very i think it's more impactful like if you watch robert de niro do a serious movie you're like yeah that's what he does if you watch bill burr do something like with depth you're like that guy's hilarious but he's also like acting this way like it just seems more impressive because i feel like you undervalue or you like underrate yeah, but like not every serious actor could do stand-up you know yeah. what i mean so mm-hmm. like um i think it's because comedy is like so like meticulous like you have to deliver like you can write a good joke but you have to be able to deliver it and have like perfect timing mm-hmm and, like, I think that also kind of carries over into acting. Like, de- I mean, obviously, delivery is everything. Timing is everything. So I think that's why they're just kind of innately good at it. Like, mm-hmm. and so many comedians, like, start as stand-ups and then, like, move over into acting, like, very naturally. Like, um, Aziz Ansari, he has a Netflix show called Master of None, which, I mean, there was, like, some controversy about that a while ago, but I'm, like his performance is very good mm-hmm. especially in like more serious parts which is not what you'd expect of him so i don't know it's just an interesting little trend that mm-hmm. shows up here in this episode yeah um so as they're escaping in slave one two ties follow them and in maybe the best oh, moment yeah. in this episode uh boba drops a seismic charge which if you remember from attack in the clothes jango fett drops a few of them out of slave one and they well Obi-Wan's chasing them yeah. through, like, an asteroid field. They, ha- they just... have this... Uh, the way they work is they explode, but it's, like, this silent explosion. And then they, like, vacuum back in on itself. And then they expand in, like, this plane... Like, this flat, circular plane, and they make this loud, buzzing, like, vibration <laughs> noise. It's, it's like the Inception Bwong noise, but... Yeah. It's, like, 
there's a popular like joke among kind of the fans of that that's like that sound is like the most satisfying part of yeah. any of Star Wars. And so to see them do it again, it was like And I think it's yes. like it's like the sound combined with like how it's like so like the second kind of explosion is so clean that like cuts asteroids in half and mm-hmm. stuff like perfectly. It's just I don't know. It's just like a little quirky little thing that like yeah. people have latched onto and the reappearance here like they like come on like yeah. they know what the people uh-huh. want and yeah <laughs> uh, it was very it was very cool callback mm-hmm. um the the thing i love about boba fett in this series so far is that there are so many Django fett references and i feel like Django fett gets really underrated because people are like oh he's just boba fett and they made they turned boba fett into a clone of this other guy blah 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 um but now they're like Boba Fett, they're showing Boba Fett taking direct, like, like, mm-hmm. influence from Jango Fett, obviously, but also, like, it seems like he's, his character is just, like, paying homage to Jango Fett, like, the way he spins his blaster and all that kind of thing, so, um, they, uh, eventually stop off, back off, probably a distance away from the base, and they let Mayfield go free, and they're like, I mean, it's a shame that he died on in the Imperial base. And at first he thinks they're going to kill him. And then he, they're like, you can go, basically. Yeah. Like, he's like, are you serious? He's like, are, are you saying I can leave? He's like, I will. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave. I'll go. <laughs> and then he uh, he walks away while they fly off. And I really hope this isn't the last we see of Mayfeld. Mm-hmm. Because he, I think, um, Bringing him back was unexpected this season, but he proved himself in this season as a character that I think people love and want to keep seeing. Um, I did see some people saying, like, Mayfeld should be in the ranges of the New Republic show. Like, he should maybe join the New Republic or something, which I don't know if I see him going that route, but um, I definitely want to see him back at some point Mm -hmm. in... um, either in Mandalorian where I think he fits nicely or like if they work him into the Rangers of the New Republic as maybe he's not working with the New Republic but he's like an informant or something. Yeah. That would be cool. Um, yeah, more Mayfeld the better. Um, and then the final kind of zinger of the episode. Um, by the way, there is no Grogu in this episode. The first episode of the show that does not have the child in it at all. Uh, but Din sends a hologram to Moff Gideon and he's basically saying the exact same thing Gideon said earlier in the show. I don't remember when he said it, but he was like... It was, like, um, when he, they're, like, kind of pinned down in the bar yeah. and he first, like, rolls up on the scene. He's like, I'm coming for the child. He's like, you don't understand how, how valuable he is You have something I need or something. Yeah. And so Mando kind of echoes that little monologue. Mm-hmm. Not obviously perfectly because they it's two different contexts, but mm-hmm. definitely enough to like yeah that's a callback like mm-hmm. and like also the fact that that like kind of stuck with Mando and like haunted him maybe a little bit um, enough to where he's able to like mm-hmm. kind of throw it back in his face kind yeah. of plus the hologram of him looked so intimidating like for whatever reason like we've seen his helmet and stuff but like. In that hologram, for whatever reason, it just looked so much more intimidating. Mm-hmm. To me, at least. It was like... Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like, if, if you got a hologram of a Mandalorian saying, like, yeah, like I'm coming a... for you, you'd be, like, terrified. Well, I'd be like, 
It's real. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. Um, and then John, it cuts to his uh, Moff Gideon's face, and he doesn't look pleased. No, he doesn't look pleased, but he also doesn't look like uh, like it looks like there's a little bit of an edge to his face where he's like, "All right, pe- pe- not afraid, but he's like, all right, people are coming. Like this yeah, is like- this is pr- this is more serious than." Like, I might have taken this threat, or, mm-hmm. like, earlier. Like, I know this guy is means business. Yeah. So, like, he's not just blowing it off. He's like, this is a serious thing that we're going to have to deal with. But he's not, I don't think, afraid. Yeah, no, I, I um, didn't see that. But, yeah, that's the episode. Um, and we're going to stop this recording and do a little bit of our speculation and reaction because we are almost out of time on this recording. So we will be back in just a second. All right, so this episode, um, like I said, not not really the one anyone expected. I think it did a lot of things that we mm-hmm. um, needed but didn't know we needed. Like, hearing Mayfeld talk about belief and his history as an Imperial kind of gave a lot of new context and insight yeah, into Yeah, it's characters. like a new kind of shade on the spectrum between just black and white. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like... It's always interesting because that's kind of what Star Wars, especially since the prequels, has been doing. It's mm-hmm. like, look, nothing is completely good. Nothing is completely evil, you know. So, like, um, it's definitely kind of this spectrum that Mayfeld mm-hmm. um, falls within. And so does Boba Fett and The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And, like, everyone in this show to a certain extent, um, which is just, like kind of how life is Mm -hmm. so um it's always cool to get a new perspective and insight into this kind of thing yeah um very um like not as action-packed there was a lot of action but like it was a nice like switch up before the final episode like we had an episode of just pure action like we had ahsoka then we had an episode that was pretty much one fight scene throughout the entire episode with boba fett so that was like back to back like mind-blowing crazy awesome action episodes it was nice to take a like let the action take a little bit of a back seat and obviously there was some with like the train scene and everything but um having oh by the way rick famiyi would directed this one yeah. and the episode with bill burr last season so that was uh cool that he did both of those he only um, puts out bangers bro yes but it was it was nice to kind of have a not relaxing because it was maybe one of the most tense moments in the, the series so far that conversation where you know something bad is about mm-hmm. to happen um and uh it was just nice to have kind of a more dialogue idea heavy episode mm-hmm. rather than um just action now the one thing this definitely wasn't what people were expecting as, like, the second-to-last episode. Um, and it, it was it was on the shorter side. It was only, like, 38-ish minutes. Yeah, we woke up at 4.45 to watch this before Big mistake, work. honestly. <laughs> no, yeah, it, was it was great. I, it did, was great. I didn't get back to sleep, so oh, it was really? a long day. Well, yeah. neither did I, because I had to work for eight hours after that. Yeah, but um, now this makes me think that, like... I mean, to a certain extent, I don't know what's going to be in the next episode, but, like, I have an idea, and I thought that 
kind of like the finale of the show would be split into two. So I was expecting like maybe two 40-ish minute episodes. But now I'm thinking like we have this 30-ish minute episode and then we're going to have two like an hour-ish minute. long yeah, we episode. Had like, we had like two 30-minute episodes in a row. Um, and I believe John Favreau himself is directing the finale episode. So that also makes me feel like Mm-hmm. It could be a longer one. I just although find it, I just find it weird that so far the longest episode was episode one. Yeah, and like it was an awesome episode, but it's like, still probably my favorite. I think episode one. Yeah, I'd have to rewatch, but um, the fact that that was the longest without, or at having, least top three, without having like the greatest plot significance, mm-hmm. I find is weird. So I think, I think it. We could be in store for a longer episode next week as yeah. the finale. Um, what do you think... They didn't show Grogu this episode. And that doesn't seem unintentional. Like, it seems like... Maybe something has changed with him. Like, they've put him in a lab or something and they couldn't show it to us this episode because they're going to show it to us next episode but like maybe he's locked down in this like lab equipment like he was in um season one maybe to like a greater extent or like now something like that here's this is an idea i had so um i've been thinking about if and how Bo-Katan could be in this episode. And I said earlier that, like, I think she could cause problems for them. Like, like I could see her coming in and kind of, like, being in between Gideon and uh, the Mandalorian's crew. Now, I think that it's very possible that upon receiving this message, like, if Gideon, like, whisked Grogu away, mm. like, somewhere, like, not near. Oh man! Imagine how devastating that would be. And they so, fight their way through the cruiser to this prison bay to and an empty prison bay. There. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. Now, now Din needs Gideon alive. Like mm-hmm. maybe he like be, like wins and he needs him alive to get to Grogu, but Bo-Katan needs Gideon dead so she can have the Darksaber, you know Mm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, like, maybe that's where this little bit of conflict is. Yeah. Which I think could be interesting. And Mm -hmm. maybe not with Bo-Katan. Even if that doesn't happen, I still think it's very possible that, like, Grogu may not be there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, I believe Sasha Banks said that her Mandalorian character... Uh, Casca Reeves, who was with Bo-Katan, was not in any other episodes. If that was true, I don't know if Bo-Katan will show up. I can definitely see her showing up in the show at some point again. Maybe not this season, though. Because um, I feel like they... The point of this episode is, like, they're trying to go... They're not so much trying to kill Gideon as they are trying to save the child. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if throwing her in there would kind of dilute that plot. Um, I'm sure it could work, but I don't know if they'll go that route mm-hmm. this soon into the show. I, I don't, definitely don't think Moff Gideon is going to die because I, don't think I believe he's, he's talked die. about season three and four. I don't think he's going to die. I don't 
I just don't know if things will pan out how they think it will, though. Like, I no, don't I think doubt it. it. I nothing, doubt it. I feel like it... Now, I've seen a lot of people saying that, like, Gideon will be, like, seducing Grogu to, like, the dark side of the Force. I don't know. I, I, well, I, when I you put like... it like that, it sounds very, like, Palpatine-y. My idea was like... that he was just kind of going to constantly put pressure on the child so that he has to lash out with the dark side mm-hmm. rather than, like, using the Force to help things. He yeah. would use it more See... as a weapon. So it, that's what I thought is, like, he was going to rely on that kind of... that use of the Force, not necessarily, like, Gideon saying, feel your anger, young Grogu. Yeah, I feel like... I don't know. I feel like that's a very odd place to take it especially since it like it's just a baby i feel like it's Mm. weird to like say that this baby has turned to the dark side because like obviously like with like the whole fact that he can like communicate with ahsoka like understandably it like obviously it's like smarter than like just a baby you know what Mm. i mean but at the same time it is like just a baby i feel like maybe it's a bit too campy to like Mm. have all it he's an evil baby now, you know what I mean? So I don't, but like at the same time, like a lot of things that we've said, like we don't, we hope doesn't happen in this show. Like even if it did happen, like we wouldn't be that upset. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah, for example, Mace Windu, I've been thinking about it and I'm a little worried because I think there, like, I think there's a chance that he could show up to be honest. And even if like, we've expressed our thoughts about that, but even if he did show up in this last episode, to kind of, like, it would feel be. like the Jedi call thing, I'd be like, okay. You know, yeah. like, I wouldn't be too upset about it. Yeah. I just and think like, there's a better option. Yeah. And, like, I think Favreau and Filoni know are good enough at telling stories and giving reasons and, like, justifying things that I'm, yeah. I'm sure it would explain itself. Yeah. Like, um... Like, uh, on the surface, the idea isn't, like, I don't think is a good one. But at the same time, like... I was kind of anti-Ahsoka showing up um, in live action just because of how connected to the animation she was and how connected to the animation I was. But now that they did it and, like, they did it in a way that made sense and was natural and not just in there for kind of a ploy or whatever, at least it didn't feel that way, it was like, all right, I, I can get behind it now. Yeah, and I'm I'm willing to admit that maybe Dave Filoni knows more about Star Wars than us. Yeah. And, like, anyone who has an mm-hmm. opinion about Star Wars, like, um, I feel like they should be willing to change their mind if it's something he does. Because, like, he does know the most... I think he might know the most about Star Wars ever, other than George <laughs> Lucas, possibly. Everyone so. who ever talks about him is like, he's a walking encyclopedia. Everyone yeah. says that. Everyone says walking encyclopedia. Yeah, like, um, in the in the whole docuseries bit, they have a bit of a round table going on with all the directors. And he's just, like, someone asks a question, and it ends up with him, like, talking about the entire overarching arc, I suppose, overarching arc is kind of redundant, I suppose, theme, um, about the entirety of Star Wars, and I feel like so many people are just, like, like, I, like, I feel like Taika Waititi and, like, Bryce Dallas Howard are just, like, sitting there, like, nodding their heads, they're like, wow, 
what is he on about now? <laughs> like, dude. <laughs> He's like, I just, like, I think the question was, like, why do you like Star Wars? Like, what was, like, um, your first, like, memory, like, experience with Star Wars? He goes out on this whole thing, and they're like, holy crap. Like, what the heck is he <laughs> yeah. talking about? Yeah. Which is pretty funny. So, he knows his stuff. Any decision he makes, I'm willing to, uh, even if it's something, like, I hate, I'm willing to give it the time of day at least, just because, like, I don't know, positivity's more fun than mm-hmm. negativity, so I'm willing to give yeah. anything. Even Mace Windu. I'm even willing to give Mace Windu a chance. <laughs> I swear, I swear if he says Grogu's is just a citizen. Yeah, I mean, it'll be Sam L. Jackson if it is, so, um, obviously he'll be dynamite on the screen, mm-hmm. so it'll be at least fun to watch. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, next episode, I have no idea what to expect, although, I keep, I keep coming back to the Entertainment Weekly article before the show came out, where they were like, you want Empire Strikes Back to be better than, like, A New Hope or whatever, and they were basically comparing this season to Mm -hmm. Empire Strikes Back, and it definitely feels that way, just in, like, the stakes that have been risen, and kind of... We had that episode where we get really into the force with Ahsoka and we had the episode or we have the the child being taken like how Han got stuck in carbonite and it feels like this season's going to end on a similar note where there is hope but also things are really really bad right now. Yeah. And also we do know that um there there has to be some sort of dark saber action mm-hmm. in this episode because he said he was training with for lightsaber fights. And he, he said broke he broke a, a bunch he broke of a them. lot of dark saber props. Um, so and Mando has the spear. So now, yeah, originally I thought that would mean like oh Ahsoka or like the Jedi, but mm-hmm. after the advent of the Beskar spear, like obviously it's gonna be Din and Gideon who are gonna be throwing mm-hmm. throwing down. So. That'll be so awesome mm-hmm. to see. Do you think the Empire has his facial information now? Since he scanned on that terminal, maybe they can, like, track him down or something? I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I, yeah. I just saw people talk about it online, so I thought I'd That'd ask. be... See, the thing is, like, uh, I don't think there's, like, a name attached to it. Mm-hmm. And also, like, no one knows that he did the facial scan to get yeah. like i mean it's no one probably knows how he got the coordinates to the ship like and uh also i don't think anyone knows that he was on morak in this mm-hmm. episode because he wasn't like even if a survivor of who saw him and managed to not die he wasn't in mandalorian mm-hmm. armor so like I yeah don't and it, also um I feel like that's a bit far-fetched. But, you know, yeah. Gideon also has his ways. So, like, it's... I don't yeah. know. Um, I also think next episode there's going to be more Dark Trooper action because I don't think they would have that big moment where they tease the Dark Troopers just so mm-hmm. that they could fly down, grab the child, and fly away in, like, four seconds. Yeah. I think we're definitely going to see them in action. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll just be interesting to see what goes down. Um... If there's anything that I'm hoping for, it's that uh, Boba Fett just comes back for season three and doesn't die in season two. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I'm hoping he comes back. Uh, they didn't announce a Boba Fett spinoff, which a bunch of people were... It was a rumored thing that they were making a Boba Fett spinoff. Um, 
They didn't announce it, so I assume it's not true. Maybe the rumor was like, Boba Fett is going to be a reoccurring character in a series on Disney+, Plus, and maybe that was um, yeah, for The Mandalorian. Um, and people, they just got the rumor wrong. But um, I know they were... I they When they were creating this show, they were, um, I believe at one point, debating whether Boba Fett would be the main character or not. Maybe they were like, no, nah, let's make a different character, because if we bring in Boba Fett, it brings all these implications... And then when they got to season two, they were like, maybe we can bring him in as, like, a character in the show, mm-hmm. but not, like, the Mandalorian. Um, I would love it if he became a regular, just because of what we've seen of him. He's yeah. such an interesting character, more than just kind of, like, a cool guy with cool armor who kills people mm-hmm. and is just really, yeah, really tough and the, awesome. The one, the like one thing I've seen um, is that... <laughs> I mean, this kind of just sums up Star Wars fans. It's like, y'all praise and overhype Boba Fett for 40 years after doing nothing. And he finally shows up in the episode and does a whole bunch of stuff. And you're like, eh, he, he's too fat. Like, are you <laughs> kidding me? Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah, and I, I've seen people like, I don't like the black robe that he wears with armor. It should look more like his original outfit. I was like, the stuff that... He probably lost in the desert that was like, digested. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. Can't... I'm like it's a new era for the character. Like it's like going to be reflected differently. I don't know. More Luke should Luke should have worn his original Tatooine garb instead of that boring black suit from Return of the Jedi. Yeah. I don't. It's just I don't know. People always People complain about the dumbest things. I fe- I found at least about Star Wars. Like yeah. There's never any real complaints about, like, Boba Fett doesn't be- or shouldn't be in this series because it makes a lot more sense if his character had died because blah, 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 blah. It's like, Boba Fett is really cool, but I hate his black suit. And it's like, come mm-hmm. on. <laughs> You're getting Boba Fett. It's Boba yeah. Fett. Like, come on. He doesn't yeah. need to be wearing a white jumper beneath his armor for him to be cool. Yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> He's also 20 it, years old. This older. is how it goes. Every Star Wars movie and show, every trilogy, more specifically, definitely has problems. Big problems. Every movie has problems. But everyone, a lot problems. of people, like, especially with the prequels, the prequels have a lot of problems, but everyone is willing to look past the prequels, be, like, mm-hmm. look past those problems and just enjoy the movies. Mm-hmm. But now, with, like, the sequel trilogy, it also has these glaring problems that you could look at and, like, make a valid argument. Like, yeah. And some people do. But the majority of people find these small little, not Mm -hmm. that important details. And they're like, this ruined it for me. I'm like, then you're choosing to not like it, I suppose. Like, like you get what the one was that I saw on Reddit and I commented this thing. I was like, you get that that doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, like, it just, hmm. And, like... The, the sequel also have, like, big things that they did really well mm. that they're like, I'm not even oh, seeing that. Yeah. So, like, no, I remember what it was. Someone was saying that they hated Rise of Skywalker and it ruined the movie for them because Rey didn't know any of the Jedi voices that she heard. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what you hate. That's what makes you hate the movie is that Rey couldn't have personally known the Jedi voices that she heard. I was like, what are you... Of course not! Like, she knew one Jedi. <laughs> like, yeah, like... It was for the f- the audience to know them. 
He's like, yeah, you think the audience just knows Ayla Sakura's voice or whatever? I was like, some do. I did. Other people can look it up and she's be like, the only oh, one cool. with She's the only one with, like, a French accent, so I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, nitpicking is not real arguments, I don't think. Nitpicking is the worst thing. Um, but, yeah. Well, it's not that it's not, like, a real argument. Like, you can have complaints and you can not like something. That We're mm-hmm. not saying you can't dislike the sequels, because you certainly can. Like I said, there are, like, very valid problems with it. But, like, if you go out of your way to, like, nitpick and be so negative and also trash other people for liking the sequels, that I think it just is a glimpse into immaturity. Like, um, I don't know, like... If you get, like, an 80% on a test, <laughs> um, obviously you have some, like, you had some issues, but, like, you still passed, you know? Like, so you can say, like, I think all the Star Wars movies are good movies, I'd say, but, like, some are just gooder than others, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I just, it's so, it's so tiring. Yeah, and especially because, like, you can't, like... Season one, everyone loved it, and we're like, finally, there's something that everyone in Star Wars can enjoy and not hate on, and it's just a moment of peace, and now season two comes out, and people are like, plot armor, Boba Fett's fat, he's wearing a black suit, meh, and it's like, her leku are too short, her head, yeah. her, her, or whatever they're called, the head, the horns on Ahsoka's head, on her, uh, The Montrals. Montrals are too short, and it's like filler episodes it's like come on we all love this thing like can't yeah. can't this be Look, the one thing you that can't we agree be on? you can't be a star wars fan if you like all of star wars okay <laughs> you can't yeah you're not a real fan you're not a real fan anyways sorry for that rant sorry it's um, just it's a, every day we talk about something else that just yeah. is no oh, it's know. everywhere but um if you're listening to a Star Wars podcast, you probably like Star Wars. So, um, yeah, that's it for this episode. Um, looking forward very much to uh, the finale episode. Also dreading the um, wait between seasons. I think they said at the um, Disney Investors Day, like, season three of The Mandalorian will be coming back Christmas, yeah. Christmas 2021. And I was like... Christmas is not October. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it feels like we're going to have to wait even a little bit longer. Well, I mean, yeah, but it's still only, like, one year, which I, like... Well, yeah, one year sh- from the finale, probably. Yeah, the, like, what's today? <laughs> yeah, it'll be, uh, it won't be too long of a wait, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, especially... Since Bad Batch will probably come out before then. Yeah, I think the Bad Batch is supposed to come out in the summer. Higher Republic will be coming out in the. We'll have new books. Like finally, new stuff will start coming out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, not that there hasn't been new stuff. It's just not at the level of Mm -hmm. like we had one season of Clone Wars which came out, um, which was cool. But like there hadn't really been anything besides Mandalorian and (laughs) like after the sequel ended and they stopped making the spin-off movies for a while um it was basically mandalorian and then uh clone wars and then mandalorian again and now it's like we have this huge book initiative coming out we have uh, another season of, or another show coming out which is basically clone Wars season eight 
coming out, and then Mandalorian mm-hmm. is coming back, and they announced all these other things are going to start pr- production. Um, twenty twenty one, I think. Um, like Bad know, Batch yeah. one and Mando three, and then twenty twenty two, we know that Andor's coming out. Maybe Obi Wan's coming out. Um, yeah, it's. I don't know. Yeah, you know the content situation is dire when we talked about the Lego Holiday Special in, like, three mm-hmm. different episodes. Yeah. Like, we did a breakdown, like, yeah. predictions for the yeah. holiday. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Which was good. We yeah, did, like, I three really episodes like- that were, like, talking about build-up to the Mandalorian Season 2. Yeah. I mean... I don't. I also. I don't think we actually properly talked about the holiday special. No, we're gonna save it for Christmas. Probably. We're gonna save that for Christmas, which I, I'm. It just upset me that it came out on like November 11th. I don't get what that was about. Yeah, but. I watched it in class. Yeah, but <laughs> it was good. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, I'm glad that um, content will start trickling in. But mm-hmm. I feel like we even have a leg up because like on this downtime. We can talk about books. Yeah, we have a, a huge. I have a huge shelf of books. Which most of I, which you I hear read. kind. Of, I hear from some people that like they find it interesting. If nothing else, that just like maybe they weren't necessarily enticed to read it, but they just mm-hmm. found it interesting that like that story is out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, we'll keep talking about books if you guys want to keep yeah. hearing about them. Um, I like reading them. Yeah. And also, I, I want to start doing, like, more comic book stuff, but you have to buy comic books to do that, so... Yeah. Um, anyways, thanks for listening. Um, excited about the future uh, episode of Mandalorian, but also the future of Star Wars on the screen. Um, check out our last episode, because we talked about all the big announcements. If you uh, miss that one or you missed the announcements, we kind of gave our thoughts on that. It was like an hour and 40 minutes. Not our longest, but also not... Not, uh, not close to being the shortest. <laughs> no, it, it was definitely longer than an average episode. So that was a really fun one to do. Um, we're hoping to do another book episode uh, this week, hopefully. Unless some other massive news come out, comes yeah. out. But I doubt that anymore. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, send us messages on Instagram... Um, you can find Lando's Lounge, uh, on there and, um, you know, give us your predictions for the finale episode. What do you think's going to happen? We're going to, uh, hopefully read some of those, um, get kind of an idea what you guys want. Maybe post a few of them on our stories and kind of build up over the week to, uh, the finale episode. So, uh yeah keep an eye out for our regular episode and then uh in one week we will get uh the final episode of um or at least episode of uh like episode breakdowns we might do an extra one at the end to kind of discuss the series as a whole um but this will be like the la- the finale episode episode mm. <laughs> if you get to ah one. yes mm. uh so yeah look out for that and uh uh, I was going to say uh, some kind of closing line, but... Uh, this is why we need sound bites. Yeah. <laughs> to um, take us out. Uh, you have what we're looking for, Disney Plus. We're coming for it, I guess. Help us, Disney Plus. You're our only hope. I don't yeah, know. Who knows? I don't Anyways, know 
Mandalorian-related closing line here. Thank you for listening to Lando's Lounge. Lando's Lounge can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, consider sharing us with a friend or rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. To engage with us on social media, follow at Lando's Lounge Podcast on Instagram and like and follow the Lando's Lounge page on Facebook. To ask a question for our Q&A segment, The Carbon Freeze, Engage with us in comment sections or shoot us a DM for the possibility of your question being featured. The intro music to this podcast is Star Wars Cantina Band Closed on Sunday Lo-Fi Remix. Thank you again for listening and tune in to the next episode.